Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone. This is Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on today's episode, I'll be talking with Leanne Eakins Barkman a Life Science Regional Clinical Director, and she'll be telling us more about trauma-informed martial arts. So welcome back, Leanne. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me back, Nikki. It's great to be here. Yes. I'm really excited about our conversation today because I don't think a lot of people know what trauma-informed martial arts is. So I really look forward to you telling us more about what it is, how it can be used mm-hmm. as a, to- a tool for healing, and even about the program you started, the TEMA program, the trauma-informed martial arts program you started. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So, you know, when I started looking into trauma-informed martial arts, I couldn't even find a good definition for it. I couldn't, I I found very little information about it. Um, I ended up actually studying a lot about trauma-informed yoga and trying to adapt that and and realize that there was a need out there for trauma-informed martial arts and develop the trauma-informed martial arts or TEMA program. So, so with that being said, as, as I hear what you're saying, that when you, you do a Google search and you're trying to find trauma-informed martial arts or even trying to define what it is, what's the best definition you can share with us to help us understand what it is? Well, so simply put, trauma-informed martial arts is a way of teaching martial arts through a trauma-informed lens. And that means that we're taking into consideration that a person may have experienced um, and trauma in their life that they are trying to heal from and that we are making adjustments in our teaching method to avoid triggers or activations to help people redefine certain words that may first be obstacles to participating in the martial arts and then to smoothly transition into uh, the more traditional practice of martial arts. And, and so that's what this, that's what distinguishes from traditional martial arts is that you are very aware and informed about a person coming from a place of trauma. Yes. And so, for example, um, martial arts is a self, and self-defense are contact sports. So we practice things like throwing punches and kicks at each other and then how to evade or block or counter those. Um, but if a person can't get past the idea of having a punch or kick thrown at them because it activates a trauma-induced response, then that person typically doesn't continue. And, and I can't say that I blame them, right? Right, um, right, so, right. So Tima takes a different approach to that in softening instead of, you know, we don't just start out with, this is your attacker and, you know, okay, throw a right punch. We kind of ease into that. And in a moment, we'll definitely have you t- share with us more about what a class and team looks like. But first, tell me what got you interested in trauma-informed martial arts and what led you to start the TEMA program then? Well, so my interest in this started way before I ever realized it did, right? As so many things in life go. Um, I started martial arts as a teenager. And then years later, not realizing that these two things would ever collide, um, I became a therapist who specializes in trauma. As a therapist, you know, the more I read and studied about being trauma-informed and reading studies on trauma-informed yoga, um, especially those by 
uh, Bessel van der Kolk and the National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine, I think I got that right, um, the more obvious it became that an important part of trauma recovery is the mind-body connection, right? And mm -hmm. so I started observing the many ways that this happens for my patients and encouraging. And, and this can happen in many different ways. It doesn't have to be martial arts or yoga. It can be music. It can be dance. It can be anything that we use our body to feel, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and and then also looking at, you know, I, as many other people, have my own childhood trauma that I have worked very hard to heal and um, looked at how martial arts has played a role in that for myself. And thus, Tima was born. Gosh, that's, that's, that's great. Great for giving us that background. Mm -hmm. So what does a typical class look like? So a typical class might look like um, we would bow in, first of all, because martial arts is based on respect. And it's a mutual respect. Um, so mutual respect for your fellow classmates, respect for your teacher, your teacher respecting your students. <clears throat> then we circle up and we stretch, taking into consideration um, what poses and um, positions are appropriate in a trauma-informed class. Then we would move on to a mindfulness um, activity and uh, then begin our self-defense moves. And all of our self-defense moves and our classes have a theme that are connected with them. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, we might go into practice stations after that, where I break down the self-defense moves and we practice them based on stations. We also use music during class, during our mindfulness moments and during our stations, sometimes to help de-escalate us, sometimes to help pump us up a little bit. So it right? depends on the genre of music. It could be more quiet, soft music or more like energetic music, it sounds like. Correct. Depending and on what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's and great. I'm very particular about the types of music that we listen to in class. So oftentimes they're related to the theme of the class. So um, then we do some partner work and um, we we usually incorporate Bob. I don't know if you know who Bob is, Nikki. No, um, tell us about Bob. <laughs> So Bob is uh, stands for body opponent bag, and oh um, Bob, that's the yeah. yeah he looks and really yeah. He looks uh, like a dude, right? Yeah. Angry dude, yeah. And, uh, and so we we practice a lot on Bob, so that you know Bob is bigger typically than most females, um, or actually than a lot of people, <laughs> and so um, and it it does help you with you know actually picturing a person there. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that that person's not going to react or respond to you um, and whatnot. So we do a lot of practice work with Bob. He's, um, I, I kind of refer to him as, you know, my assistant instructor. And um, then we usually de-escalate uh, before the end of the class. We review the theme and how we can take that into our world this week. Can you give me just one example of a theme you would have for class? Yeah, so one of our classes... Um, focuses around the idea of leaning into it. So, and the theme has to be applicable to both martial arts and trauma recovery. So leaning into it in martial arts, um, you know, typically in life, if someone grabs you or they're trying to hurt you, our tendency is to move away from that. In martial arts, though, we learn that we have to actually 
if we're trying to gain control of the situation and that person, we actually have to move into that person. We have to lean into it. Uh, otherwise, the further you are up, away from someone, the less control you have over that being. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. Okay. And so <clears throat> we work on leaning into, I usually um, teach that one with a takedown move that the students really enjoy. And um, there's there's no way you can do that move without moving into the person. I see. So if, if you're far away from that person, that move is not going to work at all. And then, you know, oftentimes when people are recovering from trauma, they are, there's a lot of avoidance that can occur. Um, if I don't think about it, maybe they'll just disappear. I'll sweep this under the rug. We'll just pretend it didn't happen. And my experience has been, as I think a lot of people's experience has been, that that ends up coming back and showing up in our lives when we least expect it. And it's not usually very welcome. So there are times when we have to lean into whatever emotions or yes. feelings we have going on in order to, you know, move through them and manage those. Oh my gosh, I really like that. I like how you have both components of like what it looks like in our lives, but also how you demonstrate it through martial arts. Oh my gosh, to the moves themselves. Thank you. So can you give us some other examples of how martial arts can be used as a tool for healing, recovery, and even empowerment? Almost definitely. So our main, our overall goal at TEMA is to make sure that people are finding their personal power within, um, their voice, their personal voice, and building a healthy community. That's so, important. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. For, for both martial arts and trauma recovery, right? So this right. is done in several ways. Um, we work through things in martial arts and trauma recovery that are connecting the mind and the body. We actually work on consciously feeling our power through hitting and kicking targets. Um, if you've ever done this, or if you haven't ever done this, Nikki, I highly recommend it. It's a great stress reliever. Sounds like it. Definitely. We have a lot of fun in class. Um, hitting Bob is fun. So, <laughs> um, For a lot of people, though, this is the first time that they've ever been taught to punch or kick. And but keep in mind we're we're utilizing that in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. It's all about finding our power and then being able to defend ourselves should we need to. Right. Right. So. I'm curious too. So if, if someone's in class and obviously mm -hmm. they're still working through their trauma and, and they do get triggered or if there's a flashback that comes mm -hmm. up, how do you help them navigate that? Well, so some of the things we do, we're, we try to be very proactive in the team of program. So, you know, developing respect, uh, first of all, introducing ourselves to our partners and each other, uh, recognizing that we're there to help each other learn and not there to be opponents or attackers, um, that no one's out to hurt each other, but we're there again to practice and that safety comes first. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you really emphasize safety. This is a safe space. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be harmed. Okay. Correct. And mm -hmm. as you know, in any good trauma recovery, we also have to emphasize safety. Where are you developing safety in your life? Do you have it? You don't even realize it. And most people don't walk around in life saying, well, where's my safety? You know, until right. they probably go to therapy and then the therapist calls it to their attention, right? Right. Um, the other thing we do is um, 
And I, I borrowed this from trauma-informed yoga, looking at the verbiage that we use. And so we there are some words that we avoid in the beginning of trauma-informed martial arts, such as the word attacker. Okay. Uh, now, because the goal here is to help people get ready for a regular martial arts training program, the idea is that we're going to transition into being able to use those words. Uh, other, I see. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, do. the other idea is, you know, if we're out in the world and somebody is attacking us, we can't think of them as our partner anymore. Right. Right. That's, that's Good not point. Happening here, right. And so, right. you know, we have to be ready for that. So, um, but so at first we will begin with using words like this is your partner, not your opponent. Um, we, as I said, transition then later into words opponent and attacker. So um, we might do things like uh, if, so, if, if the attack is to throw a punch, instead of having the partner throw a punch, I'll just have them stand there with their arm out. Okay. And, and allow the other person, the defender, to work around that, work their moves around that. I see. And then as we get more proficient at the moves and as we feel more comfortable with both each other and within ourselves, then we we work on, you know, actually throwing the punch. I like how you take it really slow, kind of mm-hmm. probably very much tailoring it to each person, right? I, we try to. Um, you know, I also try to keep an eye out on the class just to make sure that nobody's, you know, being activated or triggered during class. If they are, we also have a, a tap in, tap out rule. Okay. There's no shame in saying I need to tap out for a minute, you know, and mm. then I can assist that person as needed. Um, that hasn't happened yet. So I think we're doing a pretty good job yeah. of being Sounds proactive like it. about right. it. And I think um, that's the key. You're so proactive about it. I think that uh-huh. you set the stage for the safety and kind of getting ahead of any potential triggers that could happen by just setting the stage so clearly for safety. So yes. that's awesome. That's really yes. awesome. Yes. And then of course, I can also be there being, being a therapist. Um, I can be there to work with a person should they ever need it on de-escalating any, you know, panic that's going on for the person or fight or flight. So one one of the really interesting things I wanted to tell you about fight or flight mm-hmm. um, that I learned myself as I was looking back to see, you know, how, how this all happened for me. Um, I realized after when I started looking back on it, when I first got into martial arts again, so I, I started martial arts as a teenager was in it for several years and then took a break for quite a while and then returned to martial arts. And when I returned and I started sparring again, I um, I started noticing about myself that if someone would get in a good punch or a kick on me, and that's going to happen, okay? Even, even to some of the best sparrers I know in the United States, <laughs> that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I would feel within me this, an anger, and I would feel myself get hot and I would feel myself think, oh, okay, you're going to get it now. <clears throat> That's not really how I want to be to people, <laughs> right? Right, right. It's really right. my friends that I'm sparring with. Of course. But I, but I also don't want to have those types of reactions for myself. Mm-hmm. So I started working on that with self-talk, you know, with grounding myself while I was still in sparring because when you're in the middle of sparring, you can't usually just stop. Right, um, right. But sparring is also, it's, it's about strategy and it's about scoring points. 
So forget forget what we see in Cobra Kai, you know, where <laughs> they're they're really tearing each other out. That is not what sparring is about. Okay. I'm glad <laughs> okay. you're clarifying that because some people might really look at Cobra Kai and think, wow, that's what it is. And you're like, no, that's not maybe all that accurate. No, that there's some I, I like Cobra Kai, don't get me wrong. Um I, they're very entertaining, but it's not about you know, really kicking each other in the face and making people bleed. And right, like right. So um, it is about being strategic and scoring points. And so I developed some little mantras that I would say to myself when I started feeling that fight flights um, kick, kick up, in. Kick up yeah. in yes, thank mm-hmm. you. And um, so I would say strategy, Leanne, strategy. You know, I'm using self-talk to talk to nice. people to get myself down from that strategy, Leanne, because if, you know, if your emotional brain takes over, you know, it, you know right? the logical brain starts shutting down, right? Exactly, exactly. And the emotional brain is not very strategic. <laughs> so nope. It just, yeah. As much as we would like it to be, it is not. Right. right. It just kind of goes, I'll do whatever I feel. And right. in the moment, that's not always the best thing in, mm-hmm. in both life and sparring. So I worked on this very hard in order to retrain myself. Mm-hmm. So now if you get a good a good hidden on me, you know, I'm not, I no longer feel that feeling of, oh, okay, I'm going to get you, you know, right, um, right, right. I don't feel that heat kick up in me anymore. And what that told me was that I was able to reprogram, so to speak, my fight or flight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it can be done. And I like, you know, part of what I'm thinking here too, of the restraint within yourself, the discipline within yourself to be like, hold on, emotional brain. I know I'm reacting right now to this. Hold on, let's tap the brakes. Let me reframe this. It's about strategy. And so what a great way just to discipline yourself. And that goes with the rewiring as well. So it does. An example. And, and it comes naturally with martial arts. Martial arts, you know, is very structured. Mm-hmm. And we're learning sequences of, in Tima, we're learning sequences of self-defense moves. And, um, but we're also learning to follow our body. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, it just flows naturally. Yeah. I, I think one thing I want to make note, and I love the idea of like really having someone tune into their body as they're doing this practice. So often when, when people have had to navigate trauma in their life and experience mm-hmm. trauma, a lot of it is not wanting to be in the body. You know, you want it, it's not right. comfortable to be in the body. So for some, for some, and so you tying it back to the empowerment of being in the body to feel strong within mm-hmm. your body is, I think is so key. Mm-hmm. What a healing aspect to trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had women or I've had women come back and tell me, you know, I've only been to a couple of classes, but already I feel so much more confident in myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I went in to see my therapist today and she noticed a difference in the way I'm carrying myself. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, and obviously we're not far enough along in self-defense at that point to feel like we can, you know, really take on the world. But, right, but right. it was starting to bring that out in us, you know? Great. And we've, we also really look to find people, help people find their voice. So, and important. So, so I have to tell you this great story. I, I was at home the other night and during, I just ran the first class of a session. And during that class, one of the things we talk about is finding our martial arts voice. So we key up in karate when we hit or kick, right? Or strike. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I always encourage people to do that. It's a very uncomfortable thing to do. <laughs> and 
people are usually laughing about it. We have a good laugh about it in class. You know, somebody even asked me the other day, they were like, what do you actually say? And I'm like, well, you can kind of choose what it is you want to say. Um, the only thing I encourage you not to say is hi because <laughs> the karate people make fun of you. But um, so you can, like I say a when okay. I, when I yell and okay. um, you know, you can, you can e you can, ah, you can, right. whatever feels comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can change it up a little bit. Well, anyway, I, I was sitting at home and I, I got a text from one of the ladies in my class and she said, um, I have these two dogs that are super cute. But they don't always listen. But tonight I used my karate voice. <laughs> I used my new yell. Love it. And they listened right up. And I was like, I love this. this nice. Awesome. What a great place to start. That is great. What a, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing that. Love uh-huh. that. Any other takeaways you'd like to share? Well, I wanted to make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of us at Tima Cincinnati. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Trauma Informed Martial Arts. You can find us on Instagram at Tima, T I M A, Cincinnati. You can always reach us via phone or text at 513-226-2858. And I just want to remind everybody that Tima is all about finding your power, finding your voice, and building community. You know, yesterday is heavy, and we need to put it down. Great words to end by, Leanne. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your knowledge about trauma-informed martial arts. And I think this is going to inspire a lot of listeners to check this out, to check out your website, to see what this is about and see if they can find their own power using this practice. Yes. Thanks for having me, Nikki. You're welcome. I would also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Chris Kelman, and Juliana Whitten. Take care, everyone.